Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, we discuss about one specific SEO tool. It's free, and you know, it's interesting. According to Julia, you don't need to have other tools. You know, you can use this tool to get awesome results. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to learn more about that. Before we start, Julia, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share secrets about this tool. Yeah. Hi, uh, everyone. I'm Julia. I'm an SEO consultant. I'm usually based in London. At the moment, I'm down in Brighton because there's a big SEO conference here. You all might have heard about Brighton SEO. It's like the, the biggest one in Europe. So everybody mm -hmm. really will be here the next few days. Um, and it's down by the beach. So that's why it's so bright here from my side. It's nice. already 5 p.m. <laughs> but the sun's <laughs> shining over the beach. Um, so I'm a freelance SEO consultant. I have been doing SEO since 2017. So it's coming to five years now. Mm -hmm. And I started um, working for an affiliate marketer in the online gambling industry. That was an interesting learning experience. Um, as some of you might know, it's a highly competitive industry, but it was a good environment to learn in. And then I started freelancing two years later. And I specialize in international SEO because I'm native German, so I speak fluently German, obviously, and I have a background in linguistics, so I also speak French, Spanish, Italian, and that's a good combination to do um, international SEO and help um, people that want to take their website to global markets. And um, the other thing that I specialize in is SaaS products, so I'm not really doing SEO for any e-commerce so mm -hmm. software um, yeah. that you can buy online that I do SEO Love for. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I can tell why. Because I think, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none. And when SEOs, uh, you know, when they cover all possible niches, directions, you know, they can't be successful. For example, I'm so bad with many uh, uh, link building techniques. I'm so bad with creating content for some specific topics. But I can cooperate with others. That's why uh, I have my networking. If I need something, I just ask help. Guys who can help me, you know, to create this content, to provide this link building. So it works. Um, Julia, um, it's awesome. Uh, can you tell how you've learned a lot of languages? You know, for, for me, it's hard to learn English language. You know, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, and yeah, I don't know. Uh, even right now, I can't feel, uh, you know, fluent in English. But yeah, uh, I keep going ahead. And I know many my friends, colleagues, uh, my relatives, they spent like 15 years to learn one language but you mentioned many languages tell your secrets <laughs> um so I, I think i have a bit of a talent for it on one hand and then um i i studied languages at university so i really studied mm -hmm. linguistics and cultural anthropology so we nice. had like very very intense courses and then of course i went to um, several countries so i studied in france did my erasmus there for two semesters and then i was in uh, south america for the research for my thesis mm -hmm. and so yeah it's the, the most important thing when you want to learn a language is that you need to practice it you need to go to the countries where they speak these languages nice. and just just throw yourself in and uh, fail in the beginning <laughs> and then you realize oh people actually do understand what i'm trying to say and then you become better uh yeah we have some uh 
I, I assume German uh, comments, so I don't know yeah. what does it mean. <laughs> yeah, that so. is German. She's she's asking, um, how are you? <laughs> ah, yeah, nice, nice, cool. <laughs> okay, Julia, uh, let's uh, talk more about uh, this tool. You know, you mentioned about this tool yeah. uh, before the podcast. Can you tell what, because, you know, uh, I know my audience loves to save money by using yeah. tools, and I often tell them, it, uh, of course, HRF, SEMrush, many other tools are great, but, uh, you know, I think the era of lazy SEOs is that today you need to spend more time, you know, by researching other tools that uh, underused because uh, your competitors ignore them and you can get some additional ex- insights. Can you tell about this tool, uh, how it's yeah. called and how it can help uh, during SEO journey? Yeah. So the, the, the first thing I, I want to, to say about tools is don't use too many tools at once <laughs> because <laughs> they, they all have, they work in different ways. They all have their own algorithms, their own databases that run in the background. And you might see data in one tool and then you see different data in another tool and it's just confusing. So whatever mm-hmm. tool you're using, keep in mind what you're trying to find out, what, what is the data you're really after. And then look at it in one tool and draw your conclusions. Mm-hmm. Number search volumes for keywords from three different tools, you're not getting anywhere because you will just get conflicting data and it just makes your work so much harder. Mm-hmm. And then one tool that I want to talk about, which is entirely free, is Google itself. And I don't oh. <laughs> Google Search Console or Google Analytics, I really mean Google search engine results page, or we, we call it short, the SERPs, mm-hmm. because it provides so much information about everything that you need if you start creating content. Of course, it won't tell you anything about technical SEO issues on your website. For that, you need other tools. But about the content that you're trying to create for your website, it can give you so much insight. So we're moving gradually away in SEO from keywords and more towards topics and entities. So that is the first thing why I say um, you can use tools like SEMrush or Hrefs to pull keyword lists to do your initial keyword research, but you only do it to identify topics. It's not, okay, one keyword and I write content for this. It's more like, okay, this is my topic. This is what I want to write for. And then put um, that topic or one of the keywords that are in this, put it in the in the search engine and see what does Google display. Really important if you're doing this, especially if you're like in-house or if it's your own business, do it in incognito mode because, and this is one of the reasons why Google is such a good search engine, it knows a lot about you. So if you're searching for something that is related to your own industry, you will get highly personalized results. It, it also takes into account where you are based, your exact location and all these things. And so by switching to incognito mode, um, you're kind of removing a lot of this personalization. There is still um, some personalization involved. So it's not 100% neutral, mm-hmm. um, but, but you get the, the most neutral insight that you can um, potentially get. And then, of course, also somebody else who might search for this might see slightly different search results, but it gives you a good indication of what somebody is searching for that is searching for it maybe for the first time. 
Mm -hmm. And then you look at this um, search engine results page and you see different things there. I mean, we, we are all using search engines on a daily basis. This might be Google, mm -hmm. this might be another one. We're all familiar with the things we're seeing there. We're seeing uh, lots of images and videos displayed, sometimes maps. Sometimes you get a list of questions where you can click on a little arrow and it opens the answers there. All these fancy things. And they, they give you information. They tell you a story. They tell you exactly what does Google think somebody who's searching for their keyword is looking for. Mm -hmm. And this is what you need to do with your content. So yeah. um, if, if I uh, may share my screen, um, we can look uh, at a few things I have provided here uh, or prepared a few examples um, of things that yeah. we can Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can share your screen, but yeah. explain for people yeah, who course. might listen to audio podcast. Okay. Yeah, of course. So I share the screen. So we see this here now. And as you can see here, the background is in black. And this is mm -hmm. because I'm using the incognito mode. So you will see if you switch uh, in Google to incognito mode that the color scheme changes a bit. And here's one example that I've just put in. I'm based in the UK and there have been over the summer lots of rail strikes going on. So I thought this, this might be something interesting that people are probably putting in Google quite regularly here in my location at the moment. And what we can see here is we don't even see normal search results. We see it starts with top stories. And everything it pulls in are news articles with little thumbnail images. It also tells us this is from two days ago. This is from five hours ago. This is from one day ago. So it's very recent content. And this tells us about this keyword rail strikes. The search results are very dynamic. And it also tells us um, that the content that Google is displaying is news content. And there's not much else for quite a while. We see here the people also ask, so this questions, answers. Then comes the information from like the, um, the London transport website. Then comes BBC again, a news site. Then comes The Guardian, a news site. So we see um, any, anybody else trying to rank for this keyword for whatever reason they would go after that. At the moment, you wouldn't stand a chance to rank highly in Google because what this is is news content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. C can you compare uh, evergreen content and news content? How do we know, for example, uh, if uh, uh, I found a list of keywords and I need to divide them between evergreen content and newsworthy content? Uh, so, yeah, uh, tell how to do it. <laughs> so this, again, it would be something where I would look at what are the, the search engines um, mm -hmm. presenting. Here's another example, Bitcoin price, for example. Um, where you see um, it is something that will change very regularly because if somebody is searching for this keyword Bitcoin price, they want to know the, the current price. And this mm -hmm. is what it tells me here. It tells me 17K British pound 
for one Bitcoin at the moment, and that there was. Ah, um, you you know, Yuli, you scared me. You scared me yeah. because I see 17,000, but it's uh, British pounds. I yeah. I thought about dollars. Uh, so my investment is good. Okay, let's yeah. let's do so. So this is this is another thing that we see here. It shows it in the in the currency of my current location because my yeah, browser knows yeah. I'm in the UK. So I see this result. If you were to put in the same uh, query right now where you are in Florida, you would. Um, probably see it yeah. in US dollar. Mm-hmm. And then um, again, we see here there's one normal search result by a website called coindesk.com. And then again comes top stories and news. So again, I know with Bitcoin price, if I wanted to create a page to target that keyword, I a, need to display the current price and it always needs to be accurate. So I can't, mm-hmm. okay, now I put yeah. the price that it is today and then tomorrow it will be outdated. So it needs yeah. to be some kind of API integration that that updates um, uh, live, basically. Yeah. And um, again, if you produce news about the Bitcoin price, you have high chances to rank um, with these news articles on that particular day. So if Mm -hmm. I was to make a recommendation here for a client going after that keyword, I would say create one page where you literally have a graph and the current price. And then create at least one news article per week about the Bitcoin price, where you just summarize what's the Bitcoin price doing this week and why. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I ask one question? Uh, do we need to change URL or not? Because I found CNN can change URLs with uh, one keyword. For example, today it's one URL for another day. Uh, another URL, I, f- I think it helps to get these top stories. What do you think? Exactly. So if you were to produce news articles, you would produce a new one uh, every, I don't know, three or four days. And then, of course, every news article is under a new URL. And then the Mm -hmm. URL that is in Google will change because Google wants to to show the users the most recent information. Mm -hmm. So this is for, for these highly dynamic search results again with the example here with the rail strikes um if i searched for this three days ago i would have probably gotten a different set of news articles from Mm -hmm. the previous days so this is why it is important if you have identified a keyword where you see okay it is very dynamic and people want up-to-date information that you also produce regularly new content for to um, serve these queries basically, mm-hmm. and that, that will be on a new URL. And with that, of course, comes also the involvement of some technical SEO. So you need to make sure, is Google actually crawling my content that often? Is is it getting indexed? But there we're getting into some technical things um, that, that are getting a bit too deep in. But with all these websites, it is, of course, important that you're not just producing new content, but also that Google comes to your website, crawls the content, and reads it and can index it but these uh this is a bit of a different aspect Mm -hmm. of things yeah so that about news uh, articles then one example i have here is for example if you were uh, travel insurance what we see here these search results that there are no ads they look like standard search results how they looked a few years ago you don't have much fancy things going on here's the first one where you have a star rating Mm-hmm. But all the others, it's it's just um, text that you can click on. But what we see here is that the first two results are websites 
that are comparing different providers of travel insurance. So it's not a travel insurance itself that's ranking highly here. Yeah. They're comparison websites, so third-party providers, where you go on the site then and then you find your actual insurance. Then the third result here is um, the UK post office. I didn't even know they offered insurance, but apparently they do. Then comes Aviva, which is a big insurance provider. So it's the, the first and the second result are comparison websites. And then from the third result on, you're getting to the one that is actually providing the insurance. Mm-hmm. And that also tells us a lot here. And these two brands, moneysupermarket.com and comparethemarket.com, um, they're, they're quite well known. They're popular websites. So if I had a client, for example, who wants to go after this keyword travel insurance, I would look at this and I would immediately set the expectation. Look, first and second position in Google is quite mm-hmm. unlikely that you get it, especially if you are an insurance yourself and not one of these comparison websites. And these competitors, they're so strong. They hold so much authority on the web that it is almost impossible to um, get in these high positions here. And mm-hmm. then I also would would wonder, the first two, their comparisons. If you are an insurance yourself, how much comparison can you do? Do you want to do? Is it really a good keyword? to go after or maybe I would look for something else first so this would would probably be a bit deprioritized in my list just because of what I see here on the mm-hmm. search engines results page then I have another example here um, best camera phone and the same um, screen recording software so somebody searching for this here we see it starts with ads so this mm-hmm. is already, there's, there's a lot of real estate here on the SERPs that is taken up by ads. So I have to scroll to actually get to the first organic result. And that, of course, will always have an impact on visibility and also click-through rates. So this is another thing I have clients, um, they, they obsess over these click-through rates that they see in Google Search Console. And they tell me, oh, what can we do about our click-through rates? And then I look at it and I'm like, okay, what are the keywords where the click-through rates aren't as good? And then I see something like this here. I look at the SERPs, I see immediately, okay, first result is an ad, second result is an ad. (laughs) Then comes a featured snippet here with lists. Then comes people also ask with questions and only then comes the first organic result. So what are the chances really that somebody would click on it? And these are situations where you can't really do anything about it because it's just what Google displays here. Like you can't do SEO to replace the position here of an ad. So this is where we're getting into this area where we look at the SERPs and we're like, okay, maybe this is something where we should also run some PPC ads next to the SEO just because of how Google displays things here. Of course, these here are things, the best screen recording software, you see a long list. You see this list is pulled in to Google here. So this is then really important when you write content for that, that you also provide a list. So if you are the provider of a screen recording software, you will probably not rank very highly if you only talk about your product. You need to produce a list of different screen recording software. And also on the page itself, it needs to be a list. So what I always say is we need to make it easy for Google to understand this content. So this is a bullet point list here. 
it is most likely also a bullet point list in the actual content. If I open this up here, let's have a look how this looks. And we see here it starts with exactly that bullet yeah. point list. So what Google is doing here, it is just pulling this content out of the actual page and displaying it in the SERPs. So this is the first thing I would tell a writer, look, we need a bullet point list here of tools. Then the people also ask, that is a good hint that there are questions around that. So I probably recommend put some FAQs on this page and also use FAQ schema markup, which is something that we see down here. In this result, 16 best screen recorders for Windows PCs, free and paid. And we see here that below the meta description, there are another two questions where we can open um, the answer to. And this is done by FAQ schema markup. So if you have FAQs on your page, you also want to use the respective schema markup, again, to make it easy for Google to pull this information in here. Mm -hmm. So this is, again, something that the, the SERPs here are telling us. It's like, put FAQs on this page. And then we also see here, if we scroll further, like all these websites here, they are not those that directly offer a screen recording software. They're more like tech websites or marketing websites that compare different products to one another. Then come videos. And then only here, and this is position eight or nine now in Google, there comes uh, the first result of somebody who is a screen recording software themselves. So again, in this case, um, and I actually made that recommendation to a client recently, I was like, speak to your PR team and make sure your product is listed in these articles here by the people that produce the list of screen recording software. Mm -hmm. So, and, and you see, we are getting all this information, all these insights, but by looking at what we see in Google, I have not even opened a, a tool in any way. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's look at another example here, what I have here, e-signature. Again, here, um, right above the fold um, is all ads. This is all PPC. This has nothing to do with SEO. And then come two providers, then come the questions here. Again, we see some nice FAQ schema pulled in. Here, another result with FAQ schema, then videos. So again, this is a keyword where the SERPs are heavily on ads. And there's nothing we can do about it from an SEO point of view apart from talking to the guy sitting next to us doing the PPC saying, hey, can you bid on that keyword, please? Because I have yeah. no there with SEO. Um, here's a nice example. Um, no, wait, this one here was better. This one, how to clean a washing machine. Also something people are probably putting in how to clean this and this and that in the household. So if you are a household website or you're selling household products, what we see here, again, the first thing, are ads. And in this uh, case, the ads are done a bit differently. Um, so before they were kind of below each other here. Now they are next to each other because we're looking at um, products and we have quite big images. And then the first organic result that we see here is a YouTube video, home hacks, how to clean a washing machine. Then come the people also ask again, the question and answer types. And then comes a list of videos. And only then come the normal search results that we know traditionally. 
So what this is telling me that if I wanted to go after the keyword, how to clean a washing machine, I'm probably better off creating a video, uploading this to YouTube, than writing long form content because yeah. the subs are full here of videos. So this is the type of content that people want to see for this. Um, let's see which other examples I had here. Here's a nice um, travel related thing. So in this case, I've put in Madeira travel tips. Um, the reason why I put this in is because I'm going to Madeira in November. Uh, <laughs> I was course. like, let's find a destination that, that I'm going to soon. Um, and you see here, the first thing, it gives me destinations in my destination. So it has recommendations. And then what Google is doing here, it's trying to pull me into their flight search engine by offering mm -hmm. me here flight prices and the flight duration. Then I have here on the right side, the knowledge graph with information about the country, or in this case, the island I'm going to. You see here, it pulls a lot of information. And in most cases, this information um, is pulled from Wikipedia these days. So quite often when I see a knowledge graph, um, it says here, Wikipedia. Again, it has different points of interest. It gives you information about colleges and universities there, events. So again, I'm getting a lot of information just here uh, in this um, knowledge graph. And then I see the, the questions. So again, if I was to create content for this, I would know, okay, these are the questions I definitely need to answer. This is what people are interested in. And then come my travel tips. So what we see here is you definitely need to um, talk about different places in the destination. You should provide images. You should answer these questions and so on. Let's see which other examples we had here. Art exhibitions in London is another nice example that I wanted to show. Because what we see here, the first result, this is Time Out magazine, which is a very popular magazine in London. So again, um, what this would tell me is that it would be pretty difficult to outrank these guys because they just they have so much authority. So again, um, setting the expectations right. Then you have find results on. So it actually gives me here a list of more websites that uh, have, have uh, a list of art exhibitions. Then comes a map with static um, art galleries in London. So these aren't um, temporary exhibitions. These are art galleries in London. Then comes another list of the best 10. And this is a website, visitlondon.com. Again, quite a big player quite a popular website. So again, it um, decreases my chances. Then come the questions, then comes Condé Nast. So again, this would be a keyword where I would say to a client, mm, I'm not sure we should go after this keyword, especially if you're just starting out, we should probably find something that is a bit easier to rank mm -hmm. for. But what it would also tell me here in this case, that if I was the owner of an art gallery, I should definitely make sure I list this as a business in Google My Business and mark it up as an art gallery with opening hours and all these things. So there we're getting into the, the local SEO. So whenever you see a knowledge graph here that lists your place, this here might be another one. Exactly. Co-working in Newquay. Newquay is a town um, in Cornwall on the west coast of England. 
And in this case, I was searching for co-working spaces there. So I've put in co-working new key. And again, the first thing I see is a map and I see the list of places. And again, all this information, it comes from Google My Business. So if you own a business um, where you have a physical address, a shop to go to, or in this case, a co-working space, make sure you get this listed and verified on Google My Business and that you keep your opening hours up to date, that you enter your address correctly and telephone number, that you link your, your website here. Quite often I see this here where this website link, it goes to a Facebook page where I'm like, why are these guys doing this? You know, why don't you just put your website there? Why are you making it so hard for me? to access the information. And then what we see here, there's directly the arrow to directions. So I could click on this now, it would bring me to Google Maps and show me how to get to this place from my current location. So these are the, the things um, that the, the SERPs can tell us. Let me quickly check what else I had here. Maybe there's something else we haven't seen yet. Common questions. Um, we looked at this. Um, yes, so all of these just I've put out a few more examples, but we've, we've basically spoken about all of these. And yeah, this is basically what I wanted to share and what you can get out of a really absolutely free tool that everybody Love is it. already using, just not in the right way. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I see it so often that um, clients ask me, oh, we've, we've published this piece of content here, but it's not ranking well. What are we doing wrong? And then I look at this piece of content and I look at what do I see in the search engine results? And then I tell them, well, you should have put here a bullet point list. Simple yeah. as that. And I hear this all the time that they, they basically have written content without looking at it. They looked at, okay, I have identified keywords but they have not checked, okay, what do I actually need to do on the page? Where do I need images, maps, videos, whatsoever? And this is a very easy thing. And then I also had somebody recently ask me for a training session in keyword research. She's a content writer and she realized her clients want her to provide keywords first before she writes content. So she asked me, oh, can you help me? And mm -hmm. then she's given me a list of free tools that she's usually using. And then I was like, okay, let, let me know what, what, what content are you trying to create? And she gave me the topics. And what we then found out is that she doesn't actually need a tool if you already know the topic. Because yeah. as, I mentioned, as I mentioned before, we're kind of moving away in the industry from keywords as such. And we're talking more about entities and topics. So what I'm using keyword research for is to identify the topics. But once you have the topic... All you have to do is literally put it in Google and find out. And then if you're looking at the title text that Google is displaying, that usually gives you a good indication of what, what the main keyword should be. And um, of course, you won't get numbers as search volumes or keyword difficulty. So if, if a client really wants that, then unfortunately, you will have to invest in a tool. But if it's to, to write great content that is useful for people, um, you don't really and then speaking about useful content, there was um, a, con a Google algorithm update that um, rolled out until a few days ago that they called a helpful content update. And this is exactly what this is about. Content needs to be helpful for humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. So, 
Yeah. Love it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think user intent it's is very important. You know, yeah. it's better to learn what uh, customers want to get. For example, you shared an example with video content in the mm -hmm. uh, Google results because people are not interested to read an article how to clean uh, any equipment. You know, it's it's much simpler to watch it. You know, yeah. uh, I, I know a lot of examples when I, I read article, uh, articles and got it no way. It's, I, I can't understand. But when you watch, when you can see how it works, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Love it, love it. And and if you decide mm -hmm. to write this type of content, it needs to be well structured mm -hmm. to make it easy for people to find the right paragraph. So if you have a how-to guide, for example, you really should clearly mark step one, step two, step three, and label them as such. Use headings in a proper way. Don't, don't write like a long block of text. So also if you were to look at how are all these pages structured that are ranking well in Google, it gives you a really good indication so that's usually what i do when i uh, brief a writer mm -hmm. that i i google for the, the keyword that i have and then i open the first few results and like what are they doing how much content are they writing how are they structuring it where do they use images or do they use maybe some graphs and these are all things that i'm telling a writer i'm like look you should cover the following paragraphs and here should be a graph, here should be an image, and so mm -hmm. on to, to do that. Okay, you mentioned about writers. Can you tell how to find a responsible writer? For uh, Let me clarify about that. For example, uh, 10 years ago, I had a team of copywriters in my mm -hmm. company, uh, and they uh, wrote about everything. Google ranked this content, uh, everything was fine. I didn't consider user intent at all uh, we created only e-commerce content uh, google ranked today it's not now of course we changed approaches because of these updates uh, google cares today about users how they are satisfied with content can you tell about uh, expertise you know for example uh, i think today it's better to find experts who know exactly about the topic who can share something new and unique because copywriters in most cases just rewrite existing content they don't provide uh, nothing new, you know, and it's hard to get results on Google. Uh, from your experience, how to find them? <laughs> uh, this is, uh, if, if I had a secret formula for that, I, <laughs> I, I wish, you know, um, it, it's really hard to find good writers these days. And mm -hmm. a lot also comes down to having the right budget. Mm -hmm. And then what I found, what is usually the, the best is um, to have somebody in-house with my client basically, mm -hmm. who knows the product or the service very well. This is also important for a writer that they really understand, okay, what is this website trying to sell or do or whatever. And then expertise, um, it really depends on the industry. I mean, there are some topics, I mean, how to clean a washing machine. I don't need an expert for this, <laughs> but if mm -hmm. we're writing legal content or medical content, so everything that is also in the area that Google classifies as the your money, your life websites, you might have heard of that, um, then, then you need an expert and then you also need to provide a really good author profile. So you need to tell who is this person giving this advice? What qualifications do they have? Where does their knowledge come from? So you can't put somebody there just saying, hey, here's the, the legal tip. 
but this person doesn't actually have any legal knowledge. So it should yeah. be somebody who has a legal degree and knows what they're talking about when they when they give this type of advice. So the same for like financial trading, for example, somebody giving advice on this should really be an expert in the field. And with that, it is also not enough to just put up one page on your website that says, hey, this is this person. And then you put a fake image there because I've seen people do that in the past. No, it needs to come with a whole profile. So there should be a link to a LinkedIn profile, maybe Facebook uh, or whatever is interesting for that industry. Maybe Twitter could be um, good to, to really provide, hey, this is where these people are active and they're real people. They really engage with their industry. Yeah. Maybe maybe they've written scientific papers, link to those. Maybe there's a Wikipedia article that they've contributed to link to all of yeah. that, that that kind of supports your statement of this person is an expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love it, love it. Yeah. I usually uh, search for experience, not for uh, the best budget, you know, because cheapest price can destroy all the, uh, your efforts, it, you know, just waste your time. <laughs> exactly. And if you go with cheapest price, you also usually don't get a native speaker writing it. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen yeah. some horribly written content also in English over the past few years where I'm like, oh, my God, who, who was that? And it turned out it was somebody on the other side of the world who who doesn't mm-hmm. speak English as a native speaker. And then you, you see it in the content. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's just, yeah, if you go for cheap, you, you get cheap, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got it. Uh, okay, I have the final question. Uh, let's imagine you have no experience, knowledge, skills anything about SEO. You need to start from scratch. What will you do today to learn more about SEO? So there are uh, lots of great resources out there to get you started to to read about SEO. And that's that's what I would recommend everybody still to do. It's not that you will be an expert in SEO after reading these things, but it will give you an idea of what matters. What do you need to learn more about? It also gives you an idea of how much is involved there because it's not just, okay, this is SEO and one plus one equals two. (laughs) No, unfortunately, um, that's not the case. And then what I would suggest is um, start your own website. Find, Find a topic that you're interested in and try to write about it because you will learn so much by doing this. And then see what what can you do. Um, Get involved in communities. Like, for example... um, Sorry, it's for girls only, <laughs> but there's um, mm-hmm. women, women in Tech SEO, which is a great um, community where you can ask lots of questions and people are so helpful. Find local meetups, um, especially in cities all around the world. I mean, I, my experience is from London, where it is easy to find these things, but I know also in the US, all the big cities have it. Um, there are regular meetups for, for SEOs. Talk to people in the industry, try and and learn from them as much as you can and don't don't be scared to ask questions and so far um nobody has ever uh, given me a negative response to anything and then just just do it get get your hands dirty and do seo this is the best way to learn um there's some great newsletters out there as well um Aleda Solis, for example, she has a really good one where she summarizes every week what's going on in the industry with links to different podcasts and all these um these things. Um this is a really good resource. Um yeah, sign up to to the um search engine journal and all these 
these websites because it is so fast paced. It is changing so quickly mm-hmm. um, that, that you want to keep in the loop and get these. Um, Twitter. Twitter is also a great resource. Follow follow mm-hmm. um, some some seasoned SEOs um, that do, are doing this for a very long time and their, their tweets. They always tell you um, what's going on in the industry and what's what's the hot topic at the moment. Yeah, love it. Okay, guys, I know one great way how you can learn SEO. Follow Julia uh, on the LinkedIn, on Twitter, everywhere, and you can get a lot of valuable insights because you can see Julia knows the topic. She knows how to share value, how to simplify things uh, by learning. Julia, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Um, so, yeah, I, I am on LinkedIn and on Twitter. I don't post as regularly as I should about SEO. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm on, on all these channels. Um, I also have my own website, which is a travel blog. You might have guessed mm-hmm. uh, when you saw the topics um, I, I've, I've chosen there. Um, that is charlieonthemove.com. So that's, nice. um, there's also, it says my email address there and everything you can, you can reach out if you're interested, um, and hearing more. And I am at Brighton SEO this week and I usually mm-hmm. am at least once per year. So if you're, if you're in Europe, um, Brighton is the place to be in the first week of October, <laughs> all the SEOs <laughs> of Europe will be here basically this week. Nice. Um, yeah, so this is, this is where you can meet me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I can find uh, an article soon about Portugal, you know, in your blog. <laughs> uh, Madeira, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not good with forecasting, but I can forecast this one. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I can promise big... this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. Uh, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.